Hello everyone and welcome to the Sunday evening Bible study. Uh, we're welcoming in both the Facebook group and the Mike Springston FFC podcast. We want to uh, welcome all of you into tonight's Bible study and of course we're talking about and called the last two words from uh, Jude's writing in Jude 1 chapter 1. Uh, Again, as always, we want to welcome in all of those of you from around the United States that will join us on podcast and around the world. We pray that you're enjoying God's Word as we are teaching and instructing, and we pray that you're growing in Him and seeing revelation in the Word of God that maybe you've never seen before. So uh, contact us, if you will, at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com. FFCMA.org or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your story. We'd love to answer questions. Whatever you would need, we are available through those four means. So we're going to have a word of prayer and then we're going to go into Bible study tonight. The second part of the message entitled, And Called. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We pray that you'd open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us and then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Now, Father, we yield ourselves, sanctify ourselves, and surrender ourselves into your words as you reveal them to the Holy Spirit And show us what we need to know, understand, do, and demonstrate. We will receive them and release them to your people. And from there we will be changed, transformed, corrected, and brought in to the depths of knowledge about our relationship with you and about our ability to better live, to be an overcomer. So we thank you for all of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Now next Sunday morning, Jim Jones, our media member from West Virginia, will be visiting and he will be preaching for us. We know you will enjoy Jim. He's a wonderful man, preaches a good word of God, and enjoys preaching. And we certainly want you to come and hear Brother Jones express and expound the word of truth. Jude 1.1 and called. Now this is our topic for today, and of course it comes from Jude as he reflects uh, his statements in the last two words from chapter 1. This morning I stated that we have something that the saints before Jesus did not have, We have peace, joy, the spirit of truth, and his glory, and we're called to that. And we become one with these as we understand concerning the concept of becoming one with Jesus. Now, unfortunately, the general Christian has been taught and brought by the teaching that is circulating in most spiritual circles that the entire spiritual work is about you, about us. We also figure that because it's about us, we can determine as to how deeply we can choose to go into our spiritual walk. 
what we have failed to understand is that our spiritual walks destination is a journey into oneness. It is a journey into us being one with Christ. That's how Paul defined this journey, described it rather, in Ephesians chapter 2. We've been called, friends, to go from being saved into the position of being saints. We've been called to continue to produce the inheritance that we found from the saints of old and reproduce that. Paul says, Peter says rather in Acts 2.39, where he is speaking of the gift of the Holy Spirit, that this inheritance, this promise, was given to you and your children and to all them that are afar off. Now, who is he speaking of here? He's speaking of those who will change their belief system, come all the way to the place where he will speak through you from the operation of grace. He's speaking to those who will be educated and learn about the life-changing actions that began with the Savior, who became a deliverer, and ultimately became a baptizer. He's saying to those of you who feel somewhat disconnected in your Christian walk, and even outside the sphere where the peace of God is operating and calling you to be, and he is inviting you, he's calling you, he is appointing you to come to the place where you have been called to come. Now, we're operating Christianity far short of what we've been called to do. We're operating Christianity far short of the hope of that calling that results in the riches of an inheritance that comes into the glory of God. There are Christians out there of whom I'm speaking who feel extremely disconnected in their walk with God because they refuse simply to answer the call of God. He's calling you, my friends, to be one with Christ, to be in Christ. He is electing you into an eternal inheritance. He has predestined you to live the eternal appointment now. Be in Him and operate in the foreknowledge of God that gives you the awareness of what he is declaring to us in the Spirit and showing us that uh, resemble and reflect the things that are to come. All of this is coming through our ability to follow God's agenda, not follow our agenda. To follow what God has placed in store for us as we come in Christ, one in him, entwined, Two into one. This gospel is about you coming through the journey where you and Jesus Christ begin to operate as one. God is giving us an awareness of things to come. He's doing it right now as he speaks through the Holy Spirit to those who have an ear to hear. The question is, 
Are you hearing the call? Are you hearing the call of the message that you need to know and then have the things revealed to you of which Jesus Christ is trying to show you and give you? We know that he's calling us to know Christ. We know that he's calling us to live in Christ because Paul clearly teaches that. While living in us, he is calling us to allow him to not only speak to us, but to speak out of us. He's calling us to be a new creature. That new creature is not just someone who is forgiven of sin. He is someone who is delivered from sin. That new creature is not just someone who is delivered, but he is someone who is brought into the character of priesthood so that he can worship God in new and mighty, powerful ways. So the blood that Jesus Christ has shed can become the power source that brings us into oneness with him. And then he goes further and says that we can access that power and utilize that power in the name of Jesus. Now as we pray in that name, this is what Jesus said in John 14. He said when you pray in that name that he would pray the Father. So our prayer in that name is transformed. It goes out of our mouth associated with that name. Our faith is released and Jesus' faith takes it over. He then takes our prayer, our need that we're asking in the name of Jesus of which he has called us to use that name and he personally begins to intercede on the things for which we have associated his name. Now in heaven, your voice is not speaking, but the voice of Jesus Christ, of whom we have come into oneness with, to such an extent that we actively engage our world, our moment, with his name. And all of a sudden, he begins to intercede in heavenly places for us, and God begins to release something from Jesus Christ directly back into the world, into our uh, situation. What is it? It's the promises of God. They are released and revealed in Christ Jesus. And they are every bit yes and amen. So as he intercedes for those who have received the calling of the ability to use his name, he is interceding, praying for us. That's what he taught in John 14. And God is the God who is releasing the promises of God under an open window of heaven whereby the judgment of God upon the things of which his name is brought against or brought to bear, they are releasing the promises of God that accompany that name with an answer of yes and amen. What a great thing to know. But we don't want to live in this calling. 
Now then, they are moving beyond that prayer. They are moving into the position where out of his place in the, in the Godhead, he is revealing his things that we need to know, to do, to understand, and to demonstrate. As we receive them, we release them, and who is doing the speaking, me or him? He is speaking into my spirit out of obedience to the Holy Spirit. I am releasing what he has spoken. When he speaks, there is guidance, there is wisdom, there is knowledge, there is discernment of spirit, there is faith, there is healings, there is miracles, there is tongues, there is interpretation of tongues, and there is prophecy that is going to come out of us. Now, how did we get here? Paul tells us. We have built upon the foundation of the apostles and the, and the prophets, and we have built our house based on what the apostles and what the prophets have spoken in the Spirit. My friend, think about this now, because I'm going to, to, to get on this a good bit in the podcast that's entitled, Did God Change His Mind? But think about this. Everything that we have as a foundational element, a foundational belief system, a foundational position in the Word of God, in the Spirit of God, all come from the revelation that has been dispensed through the apostles and through the prophets. Therefore, what they have dispensed into the earth as a foundation for us to build upon, we are still building this tabernacle. What they have dispensed in the earth as the foundation for us to build upon, if it is the firm foundation that is the witness to Jesus Christ, then what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 concerning the foundational information of the apostles and the prophets are still as active today because they are still the things we're building on. So if we just would answer the call of what God has presented to us by the apostles and the prophets and start living in the dissemination of what God has blessed us with, what has been laid down as our inheritance to operate in, then we would realize that the call takes us from the cross to the man in the Godhead with the exposure of grace to operate in what Jesus has accomplished at every place. Now we get to him as the man in the Godhead and what do we find? The apostles laid a foundation and that foundation included the witness that came to them through the Holy Spirit. If we look at Acts chapter 2, you know what we find? We find Peter describing, discerning, and defining every work of Jesus Christ all the way till it got to be 
the man in the Godhead, until he sat down at the right hand of God. Now here is where we come into a real problem, friends. We want to preach Jesus on the throne. We want to talk about Jesus on the throne. We want to worship and say one glad morning when this life is over, I'll see him face to face. I'll see him just as he is. He's seated at the right hand of God. Glory to God. He is an overcomer. Hallelujah. We're looking forward to the day when we stand before him where he is, never understanding the implication of where he is never understanding that as long as he is where he is, what he has accomplished has been and for eternity will be accomplished. So every work that Jesus Christ did, if he is still seated where Peter saw him, where Stephen saw him, where Paul saw him, where I saw him, whenever I got saved, if he's still seated there where you saw him, had to understand the dimensions of which Jesus was operating in, then every single work of which he has completed is still in operation because it is still in the foundation of what the apostles and the prophets have laid before us. Jesus told us himself, he said many will believe because of their word. Who? The apostles' word. What about the apostles? What did they tell us? They told us of the full parameters of what Jesus Christ has done. Just go back and read it in, in Acts chapter 2. Peter gives us a complete description of everything Jesus did from the cross until he said, and this is that, glory to God, that has come because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, the right hand of majesty, and has given to us the promise of the Father. We've been called into a dimension and into a depth, my friend, of which we are turning a blind eye to it. And it is weakening us and making us beggars. It is causing the devil to be able to pull over our eyes that we need to be sick and we need to be destitute and we need to be impoverished and we need to be bruised and we need to be broken and we are still held captive, my friend. There has already been designated in the work of Jesus Christ, what? that there is an acceptable year, glory to God, of the Lord, whereby we walk in glory and glorious freedom. What a word. What a word. How do we know it? Because he's still seated there. Stephen saw him. Peter preached him. Paul saw him. The word of God declares it to be so and as long as he is seated at the right hand of God not one jot nor one tittle of his word will ever, ever, ever pass away. If he taught salvation through the cross it still works. If he taught death in the tomb to the flesh it still works. If he taught deliverance in the resurrection 
it still works. If he taught that you would become a high priest because of his activity in the tabernacle, it still works. If he taught that you would become a member of his lordship and able to use his name and able for him to intercede on your behalf because you do, it still works. If he taught that he is the man in the Godhead bodily who has delivered the Holy Spirit according to the prophet Ezekiel and then in Acts chapter 2, my friend, it still works. And all those that want to tell you that they're preaching him on the right hand of God, but yet what he did is no longer working, are bald-faced liars, and they are telling you an untruth, a, a lie that is not scriptural, because my friend Jesus, of whom Peter said, is seated at the right hand of majesty, is still there. He is still there. Glory to God. They are still crying, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. He is still the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Answer the call, man. Get in this thing. There is a strength in this thing that you need to know and that you need to understand and that you need to demonstrate out of this thing. God has called you to be in Christ Jesus and for him to be in you and for the two of you to operate as one. He will speak. He will lead. He will guide. He will show you things to come. He will make you more than an overcomer. Ha! How come he still sits at the right hand of God? Hallelujah to the Lamb. His works still are in operation. Answer this call, my friend. Be the call of God. Peter said that there were going to be many whom the Lord, his God, shall call. Are you one? Have you been called? There's so much more to this that I want to share with you, but I want to take a minute for you to consider what I've just stated and for you to think about how many preachers who are talking against the acts that have been approved by God, according to Peter in 2.22 of Acts, that are saying he's at the right hand of God, but he ain't working like he used to. He's at the right end of God, but he ain't operating like he used to. Well, my friend, if he's at the right end of God, and the entire story of Peter's message comes to a major conclusion when Peter identifies that it is because he's seated there that the promise of the Father has been disseminated. It is because he's there so those that say he is not doing this, that, and the other and are telling you Jesus is still seated at the right hand of God, well, their theology is out of whack. Paul, Paul then turned around in Ephesians chapter 1 and he said you have been given a down payment. What is that down payment? It is the Holy Spirit of promise. It is not the Holy Spirit of works that worked in you to replicate saving, death of the flesh, deliverance, the high priesthood, that worked in you to replicate 
the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It is the promise of the Father that has worked in you to be a down payment, an open door. What's it opening to me, preacher? I've always told that it was that was the thing that made me safe. Well, the, the, the plan of salvation brought safety to you when you were able to operate in the priesthood. It didn't bring it to you at the cross because you hadn't died to the flesh yet. It didn't bring it to you when you were delivered. It only took you into the place of his priesthood where you could come into a new, different, better time of worship and praise. Now, this that Paul is referring to, that is the open door of the promise of the Father, goes back to what Jesus taught us in John 14, 15, and 16. Because in all of these, Jesus began to tell us how he was going to use the Holy Spirit to teach you, to lead you, to guide you, to be your help. He was going to lead the Holy Spirit. And if you would follow that command of the open door of inheritance of the promise of the Father, that he, God, would love you, and Jesus would love you, and he would manifest himself to answer the call. Just come into this thing, friend. Stop dangling around the edges and, and trying your best to wait on Jesus to come. Stop that. You don't have to. God never intended you to. Jesus said in John 14, 21, that if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. And his father would love you and he would love you and he would come through that promise, that open door of promise. And in coming, he would manifest himself to you. Oh, this is the truth of God's word. And yet, we want to sit and listen to teaching and preaching that is bogging down our own spiritual understanding, our spiritual content, our spiritual senses, and we want to sit under teaching that weakens us and gives us vulnerability to the devil. Why? When we can answer this call, come under this call, and walk with Jesus Christ, works working out of our inner man, walk with the Holy Spirit, waiting on us to produce a word out of heaven, waiting on us to produce a word from Jesus Christ. When we could pray and release Jesus Christ in heaven to go to God on our behalf, why would we live in anything short of that? Why would we consider living in anything short? Why would sin look so good? Why would the world look so good? Why would a doctrine look so good? Why would a a, 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 a building, a, what I call a monument to the dead, looks so good. When we can have everything that Jesus Christ has promised us, not just some things, but everything. How? How come? Because there has been a down payment produced in us 
by the Holy Spirit of promise, whereby Jesus Christ can speak to us, where he can speak through us, and where the very directives of the throne room of God could manifest themselves in our lives. All we have to do is go into the call. Come on into it. Go on out into it. Let your faith work into it. Turn your faith, sacrifice your faith, and turn it over to Jesus. And Jesus is going to bring you and take you into places and things that you don't know yet, but he's going to show you great things that are to come. My friend, these are truths, and we reject them. We reject them for Grandma and Papa's church. We reject them for men that stand and blaspheme the Holy Ghost right from their pulpit. We reject them for those that teach a lie and will be damned. Yeah, we reject them. We reject the very blessing of God, but we preach that Jesus is on the throne. Now you tell me how you measure the two. When Paul clearly states in Ephesians 2, that we are to build upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. How do we reconcile this, friend? How do we say, well, now, that's, that's not what Paul meant, and, and, and Jesus can be anywhere he wants to be. Jesus sat down when all of the work was accomplished. That's when he sat down. That's when he put his feet up. That's when God said to him, now every enemy is going to become your footstool. Why? Because every work that was required for the complete and total redemption of man has been completed. And then the Holy Spirit, the promise of God, the promise of the Father, has been released until those that are redeemed become the purchased possession. They become back in the hands of the man who possessed them whenever we all come to see him just as he is face to face in the portals of glory. Until then, what Jesus Christ has completed, what he has been seated, having done, is as available and real and workable his voice is hearable and those that are hearing his voice are those that have the guarantee that they are the children of God. What a word. And all Jude said was and called. Well, here we are. Are you hearing his voice? Or are you rejecting him? Are you doing what the Pharisees did and say all oh, that stuff is all of the devil? That's a Beelzebub. And Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. Either you're gathering or you're scattering. What are you doing? That came out of Matthew 12. Are you gathering or scattering? My friends, I want to gather. But I would like for you to understand how to live. Not because of positive thinking, 
not because of self-motivation, not because of any of the ignorance that comes out of these mega preachers' mouth, but to live your best life now because you can live in the eternal economy of God and be called into the eternal economy of God where at every step and every day you can use His name and He begins to pray. And you can hear His voice. And all of a sudden you begin to do things, act on things, touch people, and minister to people from a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a discerning spirit, faith healings and miracles, tongues interpretation of tongues and prophecy in ways that you never dreamed was possible. And when you get there, you will go to somebody you know and say, I have wasted my life for Christ until now. I have found the river of living water and it's flowing through me. And it's flowing out of me. Why don't you just answer the call? Come into Christ. Now the Spirit tells me to say this. Wherever you are and in whatever job, whatever uh, work that you're doing, you can do for Christ the things that the call requires. Now here's why. Wherever you work, whatever your home life is, whoever your children are, whatever circumstances you're in, if you know Christ, the observation the Holy Ghost tells me to give you is that the call is to you personally. It is to you for your personal relationship to Him. That's where the call begins. Your personal ability to praise and to worship and to know Him is for you personally. So wherever you are, whatever you've been put into or placed into in life, if you know Christ and you're saved, right where you are, you can come into Him And work your way right up the ladder until you're operating from the man in the Godhead because this is personal to you. It is God's plan for you. You can do it on the job. I do it all day long. You can do it in the car. I do it all the time. You can do it on the couch. I do it all the time. I am constantly working my mind in coordination with my relationship with Jesus Christ. You can too. Not only can you, you should. Not only should you, you must. Not only must you, but you will as you receive the words I'm teaching. Father, I pray that you'll minister to these that are hearing. Open our eyes that we can see in the lovely name of Jesus Christ who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. 
Amen and amen. Find him as Lord. From there, every knee will bow as you use his name. He'll pray for you. Find him as the man in the Godhead, my friends, and he will show you great and mighty things that are to come. May God richly bless you on Facebook. We'll see you Wednesday night at 645 for the Wednesday evening Bible study. Now I'm going to close you out. God bless you until we speak again. Now on the uh, uh, podcast, may God bless you. I look forward to hearing from you. You have a great week and we'll be back to speak with you again on another wonderful Bible message. God bless you.